0: Well, this is our sixth week. We've been cruising through the book of Galatians, and I hope that you have enjoyed going through the book of Galatians as much as I have enjoyed going through the book of Galatians. If there is one anthem to the book of Galatians, it's what we have titled this series. It is simply freedom. That is what Paul is pounding in. Remember, this is one letter. It's not broken up into six little sub-chapters and whatnot. We did that so we can find pieces of it easily. Paul just penned a letter. He just wrote it out to this area and wrote it to people who are believers. And we have to keep that in our mind. This isn't a, an evangelistic letter. This is people who are believers. people who placed their faith in Christ and are, and are purposing to, to know God better and to trust Him more. That, that's, that's what he wrote this to. And as we're looking at as he's winding it up. We need to keep all of that in mind if you'll take your notes hopefully y'all utilize those we work to put those in your hands i, I know that uh, mr steve hayes carries those i popped in on him at the at work at uh, <coughs> at the radio station kcrn he had them in his back pocket he'll utilize these scriptures over the air and uh as uh opportunity comes up so uh, i know at least somebody's getting some use out of these notes so i, I know lots of others are as well but this is an opportunity for you to just follow along and I'll be able to uh, participate in this. Now, this is the sixth week in a row that we've had this phrase as our launching phrase. I've, remember I said if we get one thing from spending this six weeks together on the book of Galatians, we want this one thing in our hearts <clears throat> where it's growing in our lives. And it is this truth that in Christ we are free. And we're free to live as children of God and not as people trying to earn forgiveness. We do not put on how to get forgiveness quickly seminars every week. It's not get forgiven quick schemes. That's not what Sunday morning is about. That it's not these seminars. That's not what Sundays are. We are, we are understand that we are forgiven. That is what we are in Christ and we're not having to earn it. But see, if we do not know that we are free we will not live that way we will slide right back into being trapped in something we're not supposed to be trapped in and paul as we walk through different things he was looking and exposing the two ends of the spectrum that we are going to get trapped in We'll either get trapped in legalism and trying to live by the law and make ourselves feel all good because we, we came to church and we filled in all of Pastor Brandon's empty blanks and I put a little something in the bucket as it came by and I even smiled at three people. I I did my stuff today and I almost kissed somebody on the lips till I realized Dave was joking. And uh, <laughs> man, I just feel real good about myself because I did these things. I tell you what, that is trying to find righteousness in fulfilling the law. That is what that and that is a bondage all and of itself. I did all of God's little things that He has me to do so I feel good about myself. I didn't do them, so I'm a scumbag Christian and and now I just might as well just forget the whole thing. You know, I, I was I talked to somebody this week who they had pretty much written off all of Christianity written off ever trying to do it because they felt like they did one thing in their life that was absolutely unforgivable and were like i'm i'm done i'm going to hell i have no hope i'm going to hell i might as well get as much fun out of this life as i possibly can the sad thing is is that when you as the conversation goes on he's not hardly really having any fun in this life either he's trying but he's not but that's the whole thing is we'll get trapped in these places. Or we'll get over here and get trapped in this thing called carnality or the basic principles of this world is what Paul called it. And that's a trap in and of itself. Anybody that's ever been an addict to anything knows that is a bondage. Anybody that's ever had a, a place of unforgiveness, that that person's name can't be mentioned without them just getting all wound up and tied up and not know that is a prison That is bondage. That is bad mess. We don't want to be wrapped up in that. Jesus came to set us free. But if we're not conscious of it, we're not going to live free. And 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is why we need the Holy Spirit so much. Pay attention to the... God's Spirit on the inside of us that we receive when we place our faith in Christ that we can grow in and, and, and allow to have more and more control of our lives. So we desperately need the Holy Spirit. Why? Because He helps teach us what's already ours. What's already ours. It's awesome. It's like the uh uh the the kid who or the the person who inherits this entire fortune and this entire estate. That they had no idea. Their great uncle passes away. And they have no idea that he even exists. The lawyers contact him. They send the corporate jet to get him. And they take him around. And somebody is showing him all that has been freely given to him. All of the, the, the cars. All of the businesses. All of the different things. And showing them. And this is how they operate. And this is how they do. And this is why you have these. And this is what this does. That is what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Next week, we're going to celebrate the death and resurrection of our elder brother in God. <clears throat> That's what the Bible calls him. The firstborn among many brethren. And that there this New Testament shows us what we received because he died and left all of this wonderful stuff to us. And the Holy Spirit is our guide that says, you can have this and you can live this way and you can do that. Why? Because Jesus took care of it. It is awesome. So as we go through here, we've already looked at the fact that we are free, we are free, we are free, we are free. And that we get to live in a place. We get to serve God, not by trying to hope that our efforts make Him happy. He's happy. He loves us. He loves us. And we get to serve Him because of that, not to earn that. It's such a totally different mindset. It is incredibly liberating the way it should be. And that we don't have to get back in the law and get back into the other stuff. And so now, Paul, all of a sudden, he's already established this. And now at the end of his letter, he brings this piece of information. Because if we don't understand the first part, we're going to do this other part wrong. Okay? But let's look at this. Because our Savior has freed us to be agents of freedom. has freed us to be agents of freedom we get to spread freedom we get to be guardians of freedom we get to help make sure that when people receive christ that they get free and they stay free let's look at what this has to say galatians chapter 6 1 and 2 says brothers if someone is caught in a sin you who are spiritual should restore him gently but watch yourself, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. Remember, and ultimately he said all we've got to do is love God and love each other. Now if we take this out of context, we take this and we roll this verse 1 and 2 into chapter 1 and 2, and we don't understand all the freedom, we can read this totally wrong. Because we have to understand what someone is spiritual is. We could actually end up that somebody who's not very spiritual thinking they're spiritual. If they're trying to live under the oppression of the law by all the do's and don'ts, they're going to look at somebody's life and go, you know what, I do the do's and don'ts better than you, and you've got some stuff messed up in your life. I have a responsibility to help you quit giving in to this, this temptation thing. And come in and read them this list of do's and don'ts, and you need to start stopping this and doing that. And you know what all they're doing they're just handcuffing them to a new pole. That's all they're doing. They're saying you're trapped over here in, in fulfilling the, the whatever whim and desire you have. All right, that's bad. I tell you what, we're going to take you from this and now we're going to handcuff you to living by the law. Don't do this, got to do this, and all of a sudden everything's going to be good. No, no, Paul brings this peace right here on purpose. But he's already established that it's not about Living a free life in Christ, woohoo! I've got freedom to party and do all I want because Jesus saved me and loves me, and and I can smoke all the weed I want, and do all I want, and because I'm I'm a forgiven man. No, 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 that's that's carnal, that's living by the flesh. And nor do we get on the other side. This is now, now. I can be the most, you know, I can do all the the churchy little things because I, you know, I've been freed in Christ, and I can be this perfect little example by my own strength because i can do all these little rules and do all this no he's already established and so I, i love the fact that he uses this analogy of caught help someone who is caught obviously we're still keeping the the mental picture of freedom why Because if somebody's caught then they're not free right and we'll end up doing all the wrong things Have y'all ever heard about the uh, the Aggie coyote that got caught in the trap? He, He chewed off three legs and was still stuck? I tell you what, most people will do that. They get caught in something and they'll try everything but the thing that actually brings them freedom. Everything but the thing that actually turns them loose. In their desperation, they'll go every direction they possibly can. But the thing that trying to, when really all we have to do is live in the freedom that we have in Christ. Look to him over and over and over again. See, Paul states this at this point because it is so vital. Because only free people can free people. When we understand that we're free in Christ, we can really help somebody then. We can actually give some benefit to somebody. We can actually be a, a, a coach in living life free if we're free and it's that point that is he's established that's why he's brought it in right here and we have a responsibility to do that now my boys play are playing baseball this year my two younger boys are playing baseball and uh carson is on uh is on a team with two of his buddies and uh brandon moore's the the coach and uh he needs assistant coaches and asked me early on uh, you know if i'd be interested and I was like, no, because uh, I'm not any good at that. I don't know much about baseball. And then I was like, well, you know, there are certain things I can do. And uh, uh, like, uh, you know, one of the assist- assistant coaches, it's responsibility to, uh, to like drag the infield, okay? I have some landscaping experience. I can make dirt look smooth. I can be an assistant coach. I've got that skill set down, you know. I can be in the dugout and say, boys, sit down on the bench and pay attention. I've got that skill set. I can't teach them how to swing a bat, right? Because I don't know how to swing a bat, right? I didn't understand the mechanics until I watched some YouTube videos that he sent me on how to throw a ball, right? And so, I mean, I'm in the learning process here. And uh, anyways, this, uh, uh, my boys, thankfully, are better athletes than I am. And they get that from their mama. And she will <coughs> normally would say, here, here to that. And, uh, <coughs> but this last game, Carson was playing shortstop. And the ball gets hit right to him. And it's a ball on the ground. When I was a kid, those were my favorite balls that were on the ground. The whole ball in the air scared me too much. And uh, although later I now know those are easier to deal with. There's a, uh, a path. Those other ones can fly But for some reason, if it was already on the ground, half the work was already done. And, uh, and so this, this grounder gets hit to Carson. And Carson is playing playing shortstop and it's coming real fast right in and all of a sudden he's sitting there and he does this he does that number and and jumps over the ball that's flying at him and so in me as an assistant coach and his father and so with all this exhaustive knowledge man i start hollering at my child what are you doing this is not dodgeball Get your glove on the ground. You can't let those go. You let them have an extra base. What are you doing, kid? And uh, you know, and I'm just, you know, acting like I know what I'm doing. And uh so I'm hollering at uh hollering at Carson, and he comes back in. I was like, Carson, you know, don't be jumping over those, you know. Get your glove on the ground, stop it. Chip it into first. Get the get the out. That's what you're supposed to be doing, that's why you're in that. You're that's a trusted position. And uh I don't know, the next inning, two innings later, something like that, um, where the batting is happening. And so I'm standing against the fence inside. And sure enough, one of these power hitter seven or uh, (laughs) eight-year-olds hits the ball, foul ball, it hits the ground, it's flying right at me on the ground. You know what I did? I totally jumped it. And Brandon looks at me like, I've seen that move before. Like, shut up. I have sensitive ankles. And I didn't have a glove. But it's that. It's that thing we we understand that if we're going to coach somebody, we ought to have a little bit of it in our own lives. And so I'm gonna I get to drag the field again the next game. I get to go back to the beginning. They're gonna hit grounders at me till I quit jumping over them. And uh, and so, uh, where, where was where am I going? Yes. And so and that's why we, we have to understand. God wants to utilize us in our lives right where we are. We don't have to have everything perfectly together. But we have to be on purpose, be conscious of living in freedom. Because if we don't, we will lead people one way wrong to the other. As we continue in this letter to Galatians, it says, If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. So what should this do? Are we supposed to carry each other's loads? That's what we said right up here in the first couple of verses. Carry each other's burdens in verse 2. And now we're supposed to carry our own load. So what is it supposed to be? Am I supposed to carry somebody else's load? Or am I supposed to carry my own load? Yes. Yes. We're supposed to, and through the strength of the Holy Spirit, we ought to be able to walk in a place of strength. We ought to be able to walk and not require that everybody have to rally around us all the time. But in those places of weakness, God will use His body to come in, which is you and I will come in and shore those places up. Shore those places up. This week I got to also got the privilege of getting to to visit with somebody who was in that time. And the, the bulk of the time, God uses them in ministry. And they're the ones carrying their own load and carrying somebody else's load. That's their normal life. This week, the shoe was on the other foot. And they found themselves in a place where they were struggling with their very own load. And others began. And it was just beautiful as God began to take people in there and begin to do it. And it was wonderful to watch God minister to that individual and remind them, guess what? It's not by your strength. It's not all on you. You get to, there's this place where we get to rely on and allow the Holy Spirit to minister. And what we have to be totally operating and pursuing freedom in that. This truth is why Jesus spoke in Matthew chapter seven, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. See, so many times people want to utilize that piece of scripture to say, oh, you shouldn't be meddling in my business you're not supposed to, you got a plank in your own eye. You're not supposed to be messing with me. You ought to, you, you shouldn't be doing using that as an offensive deal to keep everybody from, from speaking into their life. No, what this says here is that then we'll be able to see more clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. God wants to utilize us to help each other get stuff that's not, we're, we're, it's fuzzing up our vision. We're not being able to, to walk clearly and go in the right direction. Stuff happens. But what we have to do is in our own life to be used in that way, we have to be squeezing on and holding on to the concept that it is for freedom that Christ set us free. Otherwise, otherwise when we step into that role, all they will see is, and somehow they have a way of doing it, all they'll see is the the person with the plank sticking out of their eye and say, hypocrite, hypocrite, how dare you tell me I need to find some freedom in my life you're totally jacked up in your own life god wants us to be free so that we can be agents of freedom now that doesn't mean perfect a lot of times all we have to do is be walking and pursuing it that i'm still growing in this myself here let me tell you what i know let me give you some help here but god wants to move in our lives that way Uh, on the whole thing of inviting people to church next Easter. Some of you may be going, you know, if I invite somebody to church, they're gonna go, Seriously you go to church? I wouldn't have guessed that one. You didn't seem to look so churchy person to me. You know? And sometimes that's the intimidation. Well I haven't really lived out this Christian life in front of these people to where I feel good about them inviting them to church. I don't I don't I don't want to 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 do that i've not been a very good christian i lose my temper sometimes guess what guess what no 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 sometimes what they need to see is that real regular people go to church it's not just a bunch of little you know saints that have it all together you know all it has to do is be honest it just has to be genuine and saying okay this is what god's done in my life i know it can do something in your life too the other thing that we get to in this, in this Galatians thing, in this freedom, because people can kind of take things out of whack, is think, okay, well, Jesus did all of this for us and now I don't have to do anything. If I'm totally free, I'm not having to earn forgiveness, I'm not having to do any of this. I, this kind of takes me out of, out of the picture completely. And it's Jesus did the work and our choices still matter. Freedom means freedom to choose. So choose life and you will have life. See, Galatians 6 goes on to say, Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Okay, this is where things come in that people say, You know what? I, kinda, I got saved. I put my faith in Jesus. You know, How come my life isn't going better? How come things haven't shifted? Well, which are you? Which part are you trying to sow your, your decisions into? Are you sowing your decisions into things that lead to life? Or are you sowing your decisions into things that lead to death? See, that's the beauty is that we are free in Christ to begin to choose. We are free to begin to choose just because it leads to life. Not because God's going to smack us if we don't. We got freed from that. It's free because it's the smart thing. It's the wise thing to do. It says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Reference him way back to verse 1. You see somebody struggling, give them some help. Don't let people go down on their own. Let's be a group of people who rally around people. You know, they always talk about that, you know, the Christian army is the only one that kills their wounded. Let's not be that kind of church. See somebody dealing with something, let's rally around them and help them up. And notice that this thing on our decisions, Paul uses this idea of mocking God. God's not going to be mocked. Remember, he wrote to believers so these aren't a bunch of people who are sitting around a campfire making up God jokes, you know, talking and you know and, and tearing God down and mocking him and somehow reading the Torah in a funny voice and and, and making fun of making fun of God. You know, there, there, this isn't the standard mocking that we would think of. This I, this concept of mocking God is this deal of of living like what God has said doesn't matter i tell you what in our household one of the biggest ways you can you can begin to mock us as parents is just live like what we say doesn't matter at all i tell you what i didn't back talk you no but your actions did not line up with the fact of how things mattered. see the people we whenever we begin to to make decisions and begin to choose things as if God's word isn't right. Well, this isn't really going to work. If I really respond out of love, it isn't really going to lead to life. I'm not going to respond out of love because I know God's word says that it's going to lead to life. But I, I'm, I'm just not going to do it. I just, I just don't really think it will do that. I, I know God says that if I, if I harbor unforgiveness, I think I can deal with it. I know it says that it's going to keep me in a cycle of unforgiveness. But I think I can deal with it. That's mocking God. Not taking his word seriously. That's why he says, which direction, which way are you going to be making decisions? It's not because we're in this place of fearful of getting struck by God. It's that we're in a place of consciousness that God loves me. He's laid these principles out for my benefit. He's given me the cheat codes to life. And I'm going to take him seriously. So in our choosing, we want to make sure that we don't slip into this place of of mocking God, of making decisions like He doesn't have anything to say on the subject and that it doesn't matter. See, Romans 6 says, Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to Him as instruments of righteousness. Okay, this is our part. This is our, our thank you gift. God, you set me free and I'm right with you because of what you did. Now, please use my life however you see fit. It's just a thank you gift back to him. It's not trying to earn it. Again, we've already established we're in freedom. It's just presenting it because you've moved me from death to life. God use me as an instrument of that. John five twenty four says, I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has life. And will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Deuteronomy thirty nineteen. I talk about this scripture all the time. This day, I set heaven and earth as witness against you. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. In Romans 8, 6. The, the mind of the sinful man is going to bring death. But the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. Again, That's why we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's why we need to rely on the Holy Spirit. Why? Because that's going to lead us in life and peace. Proverbs 18, 21 says, "The, The tongue has the power of life and death in it, and those who love it will eat its fruit. We need to be conscious of how our mouth is running. We have to be conscious of that. All the time. Why? Because that power of life and death lies there. As we must celebrate. Every win. Every life win. And every good attribute. That comes from the new creation. That, we're, that we are now. In Christ. Galatians six fourteen and 15. May I never boast. Except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through which the world has been crucified to me. And I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means a thing. What counts is the new creation. See, that's what we celebrate. And we know. We know whenever we're living in that new creation. We know when it is beyond us. And we need to celebrate those things. He's talking about this boasting. It is letting people know. You know, when people are, are full of themselves and they boast about themselves, well, we know it's because they, you know, they're doing it in an arrogant way and, and they're, they're just running themselves up. Well, what we need to do is boast in what and share with people the wins that God, through the new creation that He's done in our lives, is doing. We need to celebrate those wins. That's how we keep staying in a place of freedom. And so how, do, how on earth do we do that? Well, you could do it by, by taking out your phone. And making a phone call saying, hey, guess what? You know, you know how much of a hard time I have with it when, when people are driving ridiculously slow in front of me. And I just, it just drives me up the wall. You know what I did the other day? This car was just so slow. And man, I, I, just, I just knew it was God. It wasn't me. And I just, be, I, started, I just started to enjoy how slow I was going. Started noticing things I'd never seen in my neighborhood before. All of these different things. We can just begin to share with people who know the things that are going on in your life. And they're like, yeah, I know that wasn't you. My wife knows the things that maybe I can do in and of my own natural self. And she knows whenever I'm relying on the new creation and allowing God to restore me. And we celebrate those wins. We celebrate those things in her life and celebrate those things in my life. We have to do that so that we stay in this place of freedom. See James one seventeen says, "Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of <coughs> of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows." Shadows. Second Corinthians five seventeen says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, and the new has come." That is what we're about. The old being gone and the new coming. And we all wish that it was just pink, That it was just like total transfer. But that new life comes up on the inside of us and we begin to slough off the old. And it begins to fall off of us. And every time when some of that new gets revealed, it's something that we ought to celebrate. See, it's the love of God. That draws us to Him. So let's let the Holy Spirit lead us into the choices that embrace all the freedom that we have been given in Christ. Let's do that. Let's do that. Whether it's freedom to begin to not live under the law. Sometimes that's as awkward as somebody who's now living free from a carnal habit. You feel like, oh, this is just weird. I've never i've never done this in my life well guess what we're free in christ let's enjoy that freedom this morning i appreciate it if you would just bow your heads and we want to make sure everybody here is at the starting gate in this